You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. We are here in Bismarck, North Dakota today at St. Anne's Catholic Church. Um, I'm Karen Slensky along with Father Craig Holcalter. We've had a wonderful morning so far, mm, Father. Mm. Cy Kellett was awesome. <laughs> so good. So everybody yeah, needs Diana to register also. for our banquet coming up here in Bismarck on December 5th. Um, you can go online at realpresenceradio.com, or you can give um, me a call as well. My contact information is on there to be a table host. We're hoping to get close to 90 tables, so I think we're up to 14 already, which is pretty good for thinking, considering the time frame. We're not even at October 1st yet. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I would have been more negative about that. And I'm not a negative person. I'm much more glass half full, um, as you know. But I'm thinking, man, 14. I think I might be one of those. You are one of them. Yes, I am. Thank you for Mm -hmm. that. appreciate that. Hopefully I'm up close to the front so I can hear Cy well. 90 is the goal because that's the cap of the event center? No, just kind of our goal right now. Yeah, it's a good run number. So hopefully, you know, Dickinson is rocking. I mean, we're over 50 tables in Dickinson for Michael Gormley. So we are excited. That's a big deal. All yeah. it is almost a month earlier. Yeah. Yeah. But so. so we're very excited. So we have our next guest. We do. Yes. Dr. Beverly Everett, the conductor of the Bismarck Mandan Symphony. I really like titles, Dr. Everett. And so you have a couple of them. That is one that is uh, not. Well, that's, that is something that I would say uh, with a pause and measure, because that seems like a a very important role, one that is motivated um, certainly by high ideals. And so I'm eager to talk about your ideals and talk about your experience as a conductor of a symphony. Welcome to Real Presence Radio. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Dr. Everett, are you from Bismarck? Where are you from? I'm originally from a town called Waxahachie, Texas. I grew up in Texas. I went to college there, and then I came to the Midwest for my doctorate and as I usually tell people, gradually migrated north, and, and I've been here a long time now. <laughs> and you've survived the winters. I've survived many See, winters, that's, yes. That's good to Can know. Can you say the town again in Texas? Waxahachie. Waxahachie. Um, it's about 40 miles south of Dallas, and it has a couple of claims to fame. It was, for some reason, where a lot of movies were actually produced there <laughs> in the mid to late 80s. Oh, wow. Um, if you've ever seen the movie Places in the Heart with Sally oh, Field, yeah. that was filmed there. Cool. And then it was where, also back in the 80s, the government was going to build something called the Superconducting Super Collider, <laughs> um, which involved basically digging a big hole in the ground and then it never happened. Um, and it has beautiful historic homes and it has, uh, it's known for its beautiful crepe myrtle trees. So it's wow. really, it was a a wonderful place to grow up and a nice place to visit. So from so from <laughs> superconductor galaxy something <laughs> to uh, conducting a symphony. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Everett, tell us about your. Uh, you were always involved in music, and then you tell us about maybe moving from college into your uh, graduate world, and then now in your professional world with uh, such high level music. 
Sure. So that. I uh, started out as a, a child taking piano lessons and then <laughs> and as a teenager taking organ lessons and became an organist. And that was what I majored in in college uh, with the goal of probably becoming a full-time church musician. But along the way, also fell in love with orchestras and conducting orchestras. And so always have kind of had this dual thing going on between organ and conducting. And so one of the things I love about my life here in Bismarck is that there's really a beautiful connection now between the two. I think, you know, early on, sometimes as a young person, people try to put you in a corner and say, you got to choose this. And well, if you're practicing organ, how could you be studying your scores and vice versa? And I think the world is much more um, open now to understanding that careers in music are hard anyway. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if people have dual talents, go for it. And so I feel really lucky that I get to use my um, opportunities as a conductor, but also get to teach organ and conducting and string orchestra out at Umary and then get to play organ at Corpus Christi Church and and other places in town when I'm asked, as well as getting to conduct orchestras. And she said it, so our radio, because you don't see it on radio, it's too bad. I know. But she said that all that with like a really, a real genuine, beautiful smirk and grin. So. That is a true sign that the Holy Spirit is is in you, motivating and, and moving you to to kind of have your hands in all of these different, uh, if you will, uh, efforts. Doctor Everett, can you tell us? I I want to know this because I know a thousand people are wondering this. So a choir and a symphony, what's the difference? So a choir is going to have don't you wonder that Karen? Yeah. people <laughs> using their voices, um, and then. A band is going to be made up primarily of wind instruments, so woodwinds and brass and percussion. Um, sometimes you'll see a band, a concert band, having a double bass but or keyboardist or something, but in general, that's the makeup of it. And an orchestra specifically has the strings, so the violins, the violas, cellos, and basses. So that's kind of how we, we differentiate those and then... And then we confuse everyone by collaborating and doing concerts where we mix all that together. Yeah, you do. Yes. <laughs> and they're beautiful, though. They're just truly beautiful. They, they are beautiful. When I was in St. Louis in grad school, and we went to the Symphony Orchestra Hall there, and I loved it because it was such a, at a level that I've never had before being born and raised in North Dakota. And then, yeah, then the two words were put together, symphony, orchestra. Mm-hmm. So what's that? Well, that, that, you know, we have a lot of secrets that like to trip (laughs) people up, but I will tell you that I'm a relatively new Catholic. And so when I first joined the Catholic face, you guys have a lot of secrets. (laughs) Um, But so generally we think of it that a symphony is actually the name of the piece of music. So like Mozart's symphony number 25 and that the orchestra is the people who are playing it. But somewhere along the lines, all that got mixed up, and then orchestras have names, so sometimes it's called Philharmonic or whatever. So it's a lot of confusing terms that don't really matter in the whole scheme of things, and what matters is we want people to to come and enjoy what we're doing. So if it, in your symphony, so you have mu- you have music and singing. Sometimes. We're going to have music and singing on a couple of our upcoming concerts here in Bismarck. Do you want to offer us those dates? Do you have those handy? Yes, I do. I I appreciate being able to talk about that. So we are bringing a really monumental program here to Bismarck called the Defiant Requiem. 
and it is a music drama, so it's going to have not only singing, but acting, multimedia, as well as instrumentalists to tell this profound story of how prisoners at the Terrazin concentration camp performed Verdi's Requiem. Mm-hmm. Wow. The, wow. The Requiem Mass by Giuseppe Verdi is one of the largest, most grandiose settings of the Mass that exists in our repertoire. So for any orchestra, for your St. Louis Symphony, for example, if they performed that, it would take a lot of work. And so to imagine that these prisoners had one score and learned this by rote, and the words of that Requiem Mass helped them, those who weren't then sent to Auschwitz or Dachau, but the people that were left there at Terrazin, and part of this, being part of that music and being part of those words helped them to survive. Wow. And it's just a profound story. Um, and wow. so we're doing that October 20th and 21st at the Bell. You can get tickets for that on our website or through the event center. It's being conducted by the man who created it, so I'm not actually conducting that one. It's Murray Sidlin, is a mentor of mine. He is <clears throat> Dean Emeritus of Catholic University in Washington, D.C. Mm. So I heard this performed there once before and then once at the Kennedy Center. And then we also had brought it to Bemidji, Minnesota about 12 years ago. And the reason it is so important to me to share this work with our community is that we talk a lot about the power of music, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. this story literally shows that power of music and that power of those words to to bring life to those people who are in such a terrible um, situation. And then leading up to that concert, on October 11th, so Wednesday night, October 11th, at 7.30 p.m., also at the Bell, there's a free event. There's a free event that is presenting um, chamber music, which is smaller groups of musicians. And all of the music that they'll be performing on that concert was compo- either composed by prisoners at Terrazin or there's a piece they're doing that I think is going to be just incredibly moving that is called Momento Terrazin, and it's for clarinet and string quartet by Martin Ellerby. And it has nine different movements that along with that, they're going to show artwork that was created by children who were held prisoner in that, in that camp. Wow. That's That's amazing. Yeah. Boy, I, I can't imagine. That's it. and I hope you're promoting this because wow. And yeah. you can get information on your website. Is that right? Yes, and you can get information on our website and we have many events. So also the Tuesday evening before the concert. So that would be Tuesday, October the 17th that evening we're showing there's a documentary film about the creation of this music drama and we'll be showing that at the bell with the creator of that there to answer questions that's mm-hmm. fantastic Doc, mm-hmm. dr beverly everett uh, the conductor of the bismarck minden symphony i'm going to say this again october 20th and 21st at the bell mayhus uh defiant requiem and then on October 11th is a is a chamber piece, a chamber event, uh, also at the Bell Mayhus, and that's free to the public. Uh, mm-hmm. But of course, more information on the symphony's uh, webpage. We're going to go to a break. This is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, interview. Dr. Everett, thank you. This has been thank so you. good. We'll continue on. It's another one of those segments where you wish we, <laughs> we had, had a more few, few more breaks and yes. a few more uh, moments with Dr. Everett. She's the conductor of the Bismarck Man and Symphony. I'm one of your co-hosts this morning, Father Craig Holcalter, along with Karen Zielinski. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. For me, it was just a question of, okay, put aside all of your preconceptions, your Protestant judgments, and and come to it with an open mind. And once I did that, I started to recognize there was a whole bunch of scripture, as, as a Protestant scripture was the bellwether for everything, that I had never looked at in, in the way the Catholics did. In fact, I think there were scriptures that I had felt like I'd never even seen before. I'm like, what? Where did that come from? And uh, so then as, as the fog was lifted, I think the biggest thing that happened for both of us is that we recognized we no longer had to have all of the answers. There was a magisterium in place, and I can spend my entire life living contentedly in the Catholic faith and never stop learning and never have to have all the answers because the church has them. And if I have a question, I can find it out. The Catholic faith brought us complete peace. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. This is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Many times every day in our office, I see children whose eyes don't work the way we take for granted. If the eyes aren't working together as a team, aren't jumping back and forth appropriately, or aren't focusing correctly, children will fall behind in academic and athletic performance. Lumen Vision specializes in treating these eye movement issues through a process called vision therapy. You can learn more about vision therapy on our website, www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Real Presence Radio, good morning. The Memorial of St. Wenceslaus. We are speaking with Dr. Beverly Everett, the conductor of the Bismarck Mandan Symphony. Uh, on the break, we uh, I wanted to, Dr. Everett, you spoke about how one of your mentors was or is a professor uh, at the Catholic University of America, and so I assumed wrongly that you would have been had time there in your educational career. That is not true, and I, I want to get to your Catholic world, so I'm going to sum up. You had your uh, undergrad at Baylor, uh, and then you moved to the University of Iowa for your, um, your, your postgraduate work, uh, or your graduate work. And you became Catholic six, seven years ago. You said 2014 or 15. Uh, tell us how that story developed. Well, it, it, I had visited um, Corpus Christi Church with, with close friends of mine. Um, and I think that, that they had had me come and play there sometimes, be- even before that. And I felt 
very drawn to to be a full part of the church. Mm. Um, I uh, I just did. I I wish I had a better explanation of that, but something really pulled me into that. I mean, I think um, my experiences worshiping there in mass, um, feeling very connected to to God during the Eucharist, um, all of that really just made me feel that calling to do that. Um, and I, Father Paul Becker was our pastor yes, at that okay. time. Yes, okay, sure, of course. And so because my schedule is so strange, um, I got to do all of my, my instruction one-on-one with him, which was really amazing. Oh, what a blessing. And it was a huge blessing. Yeah. And um, it's a very important part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, we were so pleased. Cool. Wow. Welcome yeah. to the, as, yeah, I didn't welcome. even know that, and I'm a parishioner there. <laughs> Welcome to, yes. yeah, it's wonderful. Oh, and, awesome. and just, I mean, yeah. just the, those two levels of yep. the Catholic Church. And then you, you mentioned right away off the bat that you have played uh, for Masses, Holy Masses at Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. But then to have this role as conductor of the Bismarck Mandan Symphony uh, is, is wonderful. Um, and so let's go back, uh, if you want to, Dr. Everett, in terms of, uh, obviously I put my bias on the table, but certainly the church is a treasure house of, beautiful music and you would have known that intellectually or just in your study prior to you becoming catholic and so your your honor of it must have shifted to like oh no i'm a part of this or what well, can you tell us about that because in the musical world right across the board it's mm-hmm. it's revered it is and and i also believe um and i don't want to go down the rabbit hole of talking about church musical style oh i'd love to do um, that though but <laughs> But it's interesting that there are actually quite a number of us who are organ performance, um, organ playing majors from Baylor who converted to Catholicism. Wow. And I think it also has to do with the use of the organ because the organ's getting tossed out of, you know, mm-hmm. other other churches and also just being you know kind of led to that structure and appealed to by those connections you're talking about with all of music but then once you i think those connections and the use of the organ and the structure get you in the door and then once you're in the door and you experience the mass and you experience christ in the mass then you're hooked that's beautiful. That is beautiful. You should speak at a Real Presence Radio Banquet. <laughs> 2024? Yeah, there you go. There she could be our MC. Yeah, she's here. She's used to the weather. Sure. She can do it. <laughs> Dr. Everett, uh, really, that, that, that is profound, mm-hmm. in that, that, uh, your integration of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess we didn't get to. I guess we could have assumed it. Maybe the listeners did. So your, your highest level of education was organ performance. That is what you do. Um, so I, so I get, this is a, one of those other areas where I confuse people. So I have four degrees in music. I have a bachelor's degree in organ. I have a master's degree in instrumental conducting. Then I went to the University of Iowa to get my doctorate in conducting. 
And when I arrived there, I discovered that they had a fantastic organ department. And I ended up getting a second master's degree in organs. So, but it was all wow. kind of glommed together. So it's, I feel like my graduate, even though my on paper it says my doctorate is in conducting, I feel like it was also in organ because it was all at the same time. So now in your heart, are you divided? I mean, what, where, where, what feeds you? What gives you life in terms of conducting a symphony versus playing the organ? Is it, it must be both. You know, it's a really good question because, and I'll say this too, when I'm playing for Mass, and I have really strong feelings on this, I, I actually gave a talk to a Bible study earlier this summer at Corpus Christi on this topic of, of um, like, true worship, because, or the difference between worship and performance. So when I'm playing for Mass, I'm in a very different role in, internally than I am when I'm on the podium in front of an audience. Um, or if I'm playing an organ recital, then that's very different from when I'm playing in a, in a situation of worship. Um, and so, but I just wanted to put that out there. But in terms of performance, it's kind of funny because when I'm playing the organ, I think, ugh, I'm, I'm so nervous about, you know, this next part and I wish I were just conducting an orchestra because then they'd be the ones having to play the instruments and I'm just waving my arms and nobody would know if I messed up. <laughs> and then when I'm conducting the orchestra, I think, oh, I wish I were just playing this myself because, <laughs> you know, I can't oh, get them to do it right. And so it, it really is one, whichever one I'm not doing, then I probably wish I were doing. <laughs> I feel, I feel like, awesome. I, I feel like, conducting is similar to like the accountants at the IRS who like this is really important work that nobody knows being done and it just looks like you're computing numbers where when I go to a symphony orchestra you're just like flailing your arms and I'm like are you really doing anything you're dressed well you use high language you know you're, you're male or female mm -hmm. but there is a real science and discipline to it conducting i mean you have your phd in it i have a funny story about that if i could share so several years ago there was a, a gentleman in our community who had a bucket list dream to conduct a symphony orchestra and so i and so we made this work out like he gave a very generous donation to the orchestra and we gave this opportunity and he didn't want to just conduct stars and stripes forever like he wanted to actually <laughs> conduct a piece i would do that and so i took my music score which is a book that has the parts for everybody in it and i went to his his office at the time and i sat down with them and i opened up the score and i said i was like okay here you got to look at the harp and here you got to do this and, and his eyes just got <laughs> and he looked at me he goes beverly I did he goes, I thought you just stood up there and waved your arms. Like, I didn't know this was all. And I said, this is my life. Like, they, they even give me health insurance, you know? Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. I wish listeners could see Beverly's eyes. That's one of the myths is that, yeah. Oh, yeah, like, what awesome. are you really doing up there? You're just, like, looking good. Like, 
<laughs> you know, your wardrobe looks nice, but was that the arms. end of his conducting dream? <laughs> you know, he that that event meant so much to him. He actually wrote a little book about it. Oh, wow, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Now, you you let us down into this into this. We are going to have you back on with musical styles at the mass, so okay. that will come because that'll be a really <laughs> beneficial conversation for our listeners mm-hmm. from your perspective and, and using your optic. But you let us, uh, Dr. Everett. You were saying how. Uh, your disposition really changes. And did you, was that more pronounced after your conversion and entrance into the church? Or was it, can you offer us at your comfort level what that was like in terms of your disposition? Because a lot don't make that switch, right? I, I think I've always been that way because I was really blessed to have very strong church musicians as instructors regardless of which what denomination or that they were part of. Sure. And so I feel like that was something that was really instilled in me um, that, you know, however strong a performer they taught me to be, they equally taught me that you don't do that when you're playing for someone to lead someone else's worship. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That, yeah. Have you, have you been invited? Uh, have you ever had aspirations of, Offering that, uh, either teaching or, or offering seminars or you know day long kind of, uh, kind of a working recital. I would love to do that. I think the closest is that at that Bible study group that I yeah, did. Yeah, you said um, that. And I, I try to incorporate that with my students too. Um, I think in general because of that, most of them are sacred music majors. That I think that kind of comes along with it, that they're not actually looking to be performers. So, so I don't have to dwell on that as much, but we do talk about it. Dr. Everett, you, um, we will have you back. This mm-hmm. is far too short. I, I, yeah. I have a feeling we're approaching a, a break. I do want to go back to uh, two wonderful events, the Defiant Requiem. That is October 20th and 21st at the Bell. And uh, information and tickets are available online. Uh, is it a symphony webpage or the Bell webpage or both? BismarckMandenSymphony.org. That's okay. all one Bismarck big Mandan long word. Symphony. And then our tickets are sold through the event center. So you can purchase them thought, there too. The okay. event center. And then a fr- uh, free pro bono, gratuitous, uh, mm-hmm. open door more or less uh, community event on October 11th. And that's at a lower level of a chamber performance. Um, and that, um, tell us about what that is. I, I didn't write that down. Defiant Requiem's on October 20th and 21st, but the 11th is more of a narrative of how it was, um, so the 11th crafted, is, how it was written. The 11th is actually featuring three different pieces. So there's groups made up of musicians from our orchestra and they'll be presenting these pieces, some of which were composed at Teretzen by Got prisoners. It. Um, and then I also just wanted to give a little information that when you attend the Defiant Requiem, we are doing a version that is for only a violin, piano, and cello, and choirs. So we have the Bismarck uh, Mandan Civic Chorus is our choir. We have incredible guest soloists, but we are doing the smaller version. It really replicates what they did at Teretzen and um, get to feature our beautiful choirs, too. Wow. Do you lead choirs? No, not perfect. I mean, I do in performance with our symphony orchestra, but not. that's not one of my roles. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> 
Dr. Everett, we're blessed yes. to Thank be you. with you. Yes. And Thank what you a her. wonderful, you will be back. Mm-hmm. I hope that you can say yes when our, our, our coordinators call you and programming calls you for Real Presence Radio. So important that we get these things into people's uh, minds and hearts because uh, it's a beautiful uh, w- w- world of the church for sacred music. So you have a wonderful day. Thanks, you too. Uh, October well. 20th and 21st, mm-hmm. October 11th. Check those dates out between Bismarck Events and our website, Bell Mayhus, and of course, uh, the Bismarck Mandan Symphony.org. Uh, she's smiling at me. I got it right. <laughs> Karen Zelensky, along with Father Hochalter, will be back with our next guest, Father Wayne Sattler. Uh, and we'll go down uh, another segment on his book and, and the work of prayer in our lives. We'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.